Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcoming in now Joe Healy from D1 Baseball to the radio huddle, a man that's already had to deal with some rain delays in Hoover, Alabama. How you doing, Joe? Pretty good. You know what? If Given the history of this event, <laughs> right. if that is the worst rain we get all week, yeah, I'll sign up for that every day and, and twice on Sunday because, the, knock on wood, the rest of the forecast looks good this week. Not too hot, not a lot of rain, so I'll take it. I feel like, you know, every year this comes about and people start complaining about the location of the SEC baseball tournament. Is that something that's even considered of, you know, changing a venue from Hoover or, or now? Nah, that's just a lot of hearsay on social media kind of thing. I mean, I think it's I think it's a real talking point just from the standpoint of any conference that's looking out for the the best thing for itself and for its membership is going to explore options. Like they, I think they would be silly if they didn't. That being said, they have a really good relationship with Hoover and a really good relationship with this place. And I think something would be lost if this tournament moves because this does still feel like a community event. I mean, look, it, Hoover is a suburb of Birmingham. It's not a big city, so it does have a little bit of a small-town feel, kind of like the College World Series used to with Rosenblatt Stadium before they moved it downtown. So I understand why they might consider moving it someplace with a roof or into a big league ballpark where you can, you know, cram in more fans. Like, I I get all of that, but it it is kind of a, you're going to trade one for the other, and I think something would be lost if this event were to move. Now, uh, Joe, bear with me, a two-part question, uh, but looking at the SEC as a whole, And you're talking about what you have to gain uh, by the SEC tournament in Hoover. Uh, I want your opinion on this. I don't know. I'm looking at teams planning to host. You look, obviously, locally, the LSU Fighting Tigers, the Florida Gators, uh, Vanderbilt and Arkansas are likely, uh, I should say, to be locks. Uh, I want your opinion on that, a national seeds positioning heading into the tournament. Uh, The reason why I say that, look, all four teams enter the tournament with at least 19 or more conference wins, and we all know how tough the SEC is. Well, what is your take on that as far as when you're hosting the likes uh, like uh, like a team like LSU, Florida, Vanderbilt, and Arkansas? I, I think those two, those four teams are in really good shape to, to not only host regionals but host super regionals and be one of the top eight seeds. And I don't, I don't really think anything they could do this week, even if they go zero and two, could really hurt their standing. I think they've done enough work during the regular season to to earn their place there. And it's a tough balance when you get into an event like this because these guys are competitors. They want to lift the trophy at the end of the week. But on the other hand, sometimes the best thing for your club, especially if you're a little bit banged up and everyone's a little banged up this time of the season, it's not the worst thing in the world if you, you know, get out of here and you get a few extra days rest before you go into the NCAA tournament. And so, you know, Tennessee just got eliminated and their coach right. Tony Vitello said, said, look, you know, we last year we won this thing and, um, you know, now we're going to get to, you know, he's talking about how now they're going to kind of get to see the other end of the spectrum. And don't forget, by the way, the last two national champions, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, 
the SEC tournaments, the year they won the national title, they didn't win a single game here. Mississippi State went 0-2, and, and last year Ole Miss went 0-1. So there is a little bit of history of teams getting eliminated quickly here and using it as a, as a way to springboard into the postseason. Now, uh, Joe, looking at uh, the Kentucky Wildcats are playing Alabama right now. You mentioned uh, Tennessee being uh, eliminated by A&M. But when you look at a team like Kentucky, Auburn, South Carolina, our producer Charlie Long uh, kind of loves where they're training the Auburn Tigers, and they're all on the fringe of being national seeds. I mean, I'm looking at Kentucky's chances. I don't know, it might be the most certain uh, since its non-conference schedule has held uh, the whole steady. Uh, uh, number two team RPI. Uh, but the question is, I have, I guess, how many SEC teams the committee uh, will allow to be hosts? Uh, what's your take on that? Yeah, as far as being hosts, the record is seven. I think there's a good chance that the SEC breaks that record and gets eight this season. I think there's a real chance. We came into this tournament with nine teams being in that discussion. Now, one of them just got eliminated in Tennessee. So I would I would think they'd be a little bit on the outside looking in right now. Um, but I think eight is still very much on the table. And you're right to point out Kentucky. They have a really, a really compelling case to be a top eight national seed but they're going to have to do some work here they're going to have to beat alabama tonight they may have to win one more game after that they've got a great rpi but you know they 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 have that but they don't necessarily have some of the other metrics you know they won 16 games in the in the regular season and they they weren't playing their best baseball towards the end of the towards the end of the regular season and so you know the the committee are humans so they, they obviously take some of that stuff into into account so um you know that's, that's one of the biggest questions I have coming out of this is that logjam, those teams you named that all won 16 games or 17 games in, in the SEC regular season. Not all those teams are going to be able to host. Right. Someone's going to get knocked out of, of that mix, and maybe it's just Tennessee, maybe it's someone else, but we're not going to find out till next Monday. Now, uh, Joe, it's when you peak and also, uh, what is your take? Uh, because you look at the Auburn Tigers, the LSU Tigers, uh, we're playing them, but their late season runs has kind of seems like propelled them uh, to consideration of a host site. Are you, uh, you think that's smoke and mirrors or what is your take on the Auburn Tigers? Yeah, I, no, I think they're for real. I mean, I, I think they're, they're in really good shape, really good shape to host. Now, you know, win tonight against Missouri, you feel a little bit better. You never want to get eliminated on the first day because then you're going to have a nervous few days until the, until the bracket is released. But I think they're in, they're in as good a shape as anybody of that group that won 16 or 17 games. And, They've been doing this a while now. If you, if you just took the last five series of the SEC regular season, they have the best record in the SEC in those five series. And it's not just that they're playing a softer part of their schedule, although that is also true. They've gotten better. The pitching was in a really bad place in the first half of SEC play, and as the season went on, they found some things. That, you know, Tommy Vale got better, and Christian Herberholtz got, got better. They found some, some bullpen arms. Um, you know, some of the guys that weren't contributing early in the year you know, started contributing over the second half of the year. And that offense has always been really, really good. That hasn't changed at all. So it's, it's a dangerous offense, and they're starting to find some things in the mound. And that's a team that, you know, is going to be in a position to host. And then if they have to go on the road for a Super Regional, we saw last year when they went on the road to Oregon State, a very good team in a Super Regional, and got out of it to go to Omaha. It's a team that's comfortable playing on the road, too. So I think this team is very dangerous and, you know, is a team that could end up going to Omaha again for the third time in four tournaments. Now, uh, Joe, uh, what is your take? Because you talk to LSU fans that look at expectations, kind of very similar to where Tennessee was last year. They get upset by Notre Dame, and uh, everyone's kind of, like, shocked. But you got uh, how tough the SEC, you got uh, the pitch of the year, 
Uh, you got the player uh, in Paul Skeens. You got the player of the year in Dylan Cruz. But again, it's not uh, tennis or golf. It's a team sport. Uh, but uh, you on the come, are, are, are you positive about LSU right now, or is the bullpen con- concerning you uh, as much as the fans? I mean, they're like, oh, well, uh, how can we truly uh, – no, we maybe can go to Omaha, but how can we truly uh, win in Omaha? You know, look at Ole Miss, how they were peaking at the right time or, uh, you know, caught fire. Uh, and, and could You know, you had two pitches. Could, could Ty Floyd – be that uh, two guy maybe to compliment Paul Skeens to put LSU over the top because it seems like they're going to score enough runs uh, to win. But uh, will that be enough? You know, like you know, you score nine or ten runs and you lose the game. You're like, well, what the hell happened? Yeah, it, I'm, I'm not going to pretend like the bullpen's not a concern. It absolutely is a concern. But with that being said, you, you made a good point. I'm not worried about the offense at all. I think they can score on just about anybody, and you know, every lineup can have a bad day, but that's a lineup that doesn't have very many bad days. So I'm, I'm pretty confident in that. And, you know, think about it this way. Once you get into the postseason, you need to win three games or maybe four if, if you get in the loser's bracket. But if you stay in the winner's bracket in regional, you need to win three games. When you get to a super regional, you need to win two games. And then when you get to Omaha, you get a day off in between games for most of the tournament. And so if you have a guy like Paul Skeens, who's been so consistent year after year after year, you're basically halfway home. If you just win the games that Skeens starts, that's going to be, you know, halfway there to getting through the entire postseason. And you're, you make a good point about Ty Floyd. I think he could be a solid second piece. He's pitched a little bit better, been a little bit more consistent lately. So those two guys can give you a really strong one-two. You combine it with that lineup. LSU is still certainly 100% a national title contender. It looks a little bit different than we thought it was going to look. We thought they were going to have a lot more pitching depth than what they have right now. But that's college baseball. People get injured. Players don't develop the way you thought they would. And that's kind of the place they're in right now. But everything they, all the goals they had before the season are still right there in front of them. Joe, you mentioned Paul Skeens, and obviously the LSU Tigers taking on South Carolina tomorrow morning, and that is the only team that has handed Skeens a loss. Of course, that was a uh, rain-delayed game, and after the break, he didn't come back to the mound, and the uh, Carol- South Carolina was able to take that one from the Tigers. But now we know that it was released that we have Thatcher Hurd taking the mound tomorrow for the Bayou Bengals against this South Carolina squad. Uh, where has the Gamecocks, I guess, improved, and uh, where are they at least hurting going into this matchup? Yeah, I mean, where they've improved is, is they've really patched it together on the mound well because they, they've had some injuries in the mound. Two-thirds of their starting rotation they had for most of the season is out for, for at least this week and, and maybe longer. And they've done a really nice job, and they got help today. They got a really strong start from James Hicks, who was a reliever this season, but he took the ball as a starter today and was was excellent, uh, minimized what South Carolina had to do in the bullpen. Um, they only used two pitchers today, and so that's huge for them moving forward. They have basically everybody else available um, against LSU. They're also now able to turn it over to a guy who's been starting on the weekend for them, Eli Jones, who's a really talented guy. So today went really well for South Carolina setting up to move forward where they're struggling is that they do still, they, they are still just beat up. They've got some guys in the lineup who aren't hundred percent who have been injured, who came back, but just aren't totally themselves. They're they're Like I said, they're a little bit beat up on the mound. So if you can kind of bury them early, I, I think you've kind of got a shot. They also haven't been playing really their best baseball. They went from a team that was ranked number three in the country about a month ago, five weeks ago. And now they're out of the top 25. Uh, they were a team yeah, that looked and, like they were going to be a, Go ahead. And, and, you know, Joe, like you bring it up, 
You would talk about like, uh, you know, you're on top of the mountain, then you're down in the valley. When I was reading this, I mean, I remember when they played LSU, I said, man, LSU was lucky uh, they didn't have to play three games. It was one-to-one. They had to have a grand slam to come out on top. But I'm looking at it, like you said, uh, they started out 13-4, and four, the Gamecocks. Uh, they took about the first four or six series, and then uh, obviously LSU was one-to-one. Then the last four series, they had a three and nine record. Then the more I read was like, you know, you talk about pitching and all that. But at one point, uh, uh, it was their whole infield that was injured. You know, not yeah. you talk about players and who's available. So yeah, that 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 stands to reason that uh, you look at okay, uh, why isn't this team playing as well? Uh, because you look at the beginning, they were leading the country in home runs. And then all of a sudden that kind of slacked off. They finished fourth in the SEC. But they were leading the whole nation in home runs at one time until everybody got hurt. Yeah, I mean, they, there's some good and the bad that came from the injuries on the position player side. Their, their struggles really did kind of coincide with those position player injuries. So that was the negative side of it. The positive side of it is that some of the guys who came in and were only in the lineup because of those injuries have actually kind of caught fire a little bit and been really good pieces for okay. them. So. You know, Michael Braswell, who's playing shortstop for them. He's not the most talented guy on the club. He's not the most dynamic guy. But he's, you know, he, he plays hard. He plays the game the right way. He's a spark plug. His teammates really love him. Um, he's kind of energized the team, it feels like, a little bit. Dylan Brewer is another guy in the outfield who's a, a really athletic guy. Not the biggest bat, but, he, you know, he plays good defense. And, again, he's kind of an athletic spark plug player who can hit, who can run, do a lot of different things. And the offense used to be really – based on hitting home runs, and they still at, are at their best when they are hitting the ball. The in particular, coming into the lineup, have given them a little bit something different than what they had before. So, uh, Joe, now uh, going a little bit out of the SEC, because fans are always interested from a national perspective, who's the hot team around the nation? And obviously, all of a sudden, you know, LSU slips. They were number one for a, a number of weeks. Is it all about the Wake Forest pitching? Elaborate on that and maybe uh, some other team, maybe out in the West Coast or, I don't know, North, South, East, West, whatever, that you can educate us more around the nation uh, of college baseball. But my understanding is that uh, that Wake Forest, the deal where they, why they are where they are is because of their pitching. That's, that's the big thing. I mean, they've been the most consistent team all year. And, and look, they, you know, they play in the ACC, which isn't quite the gauntlet that the SEC is, but still a very good league. And they've just run through it. And the pitching is, is the biggest thing. Um, I always go back to this example, that before the season, they got the news that their number two starter, a guy named Teddy McGraw, was going to be out for the season. And he pitched for Team USA. He's a guy who could be a first-round pick whenever he gets drafted. And you thought, oh, man, that, that's a huge loss. Well, the rotation has still been the best starting rotation in college baseball. They just slotted someone else in, and they've been just as good as we ever thought they were going to be. And the offense is good, too. Wake Forest has traditionally been a team that has an offense that's streaky because they play in a small ballpark, and they try to use that to their advantage and hit home runs. But this lineup's a little more athletic. This lineup can do a little bit more offensively. So if they're you know struggling to get the ball in the air, they can run, they can bunt, they can, they can you know be athletic in a way that they haven't necessarily in years past. And then I'll give you two other teams. One out west is Stanford. You know, a team that has at this point dominated the Pac-12, and I compare them to pretty favorably to a lot of these really good SEC teams because one of the big differences you hear from from coaches and scouts is that you know there's a physicality in the SEC. The players look like they could be on the football team, and you go out west and you don't really see that level of physicality and strength. Well, Stanford is the exception. 
you know, they have pro players, they have physicality, they have velocity on the mound, all that kind of stuff. And then the hottest team in college baseball is probably Clemson. They were a team that I didn't think very much of coming into the year. I didn't think they would even be an NCAA tournament team. And now not only are they that, not only are they hosting, but it looks like they're going to be a top eight seed and be able to host a regional and a super regional at home if they're able to play through it. So that right now is probably the hottest team in the entire country. Joe Healy hanging out in Hoover, Alabama. Man, that's a trip I definitely want to take one day. Uh, take the show on the road and and cover the old SEC tournament over there. Besides baseball, is there much to do, though, in the area? You know, my first trip to Hoover today. Okay, so, uh, great. This week. So, I actually, I, I'm not the best guide for that. But <laughs> what I will say is that for anybody who's not been down here, look, I, you know, I've not spent a lot of time even in the state of Alabama generally. But this part of Alabama is kind of beautiful. I mean, it's hilly. There's a lot of trees. Like, you know, just the ball drive from my from the ballpark to my hotel is, yeah. is great so like it has a lot of natural beauty and and i'll tell you what at a bare minimum there is a fabulous brewery right across the street you can walk from from the awesome. ballpark to the brewery <laughs> after the game and, and get a drink and you know what at a bare minimum that is a nice little bit of convenience always appreciate the time joe check out his work at d1baseball.com i'll be checking with you later in the week hopefully all right joe all right sounds good appreciate it fellas tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law it is essential that we conclusively sports that clock at four Doncic. the step back three you bet music you set my world on fire yes, and even podcasts whatever you love hear it right here on tune in go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.